And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and on this program, we look at questions that have come up to us from listeners or questions that we've thought of ourselves and uh, try to answer them within the milieu of history, theology, current events, and uh, today being the day after Christmas. Joining me in the studio is the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Merry day after Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you. And Dr. Hans Vogt, associate professor, Ulster County Community College. And happy Epiphany, too. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, we wanted to talk about, one of the questions that we have here, um, touches upon, uh, you know, last week we talked about the first coming of Christ, and it almost begs the question uh, regarding the second coming of Christ. And um, last week we talked about the effect of the gospel, and that effect, God willing, will be great in this coming year. We truly pray and hope to God that that is the case. Mm -hmm. But someday, our Lord will return, and we are to look forward to that. Uh, I believe the Scripture calls that the blessed hope. Uh, Mark, correct me on that if I'm wrong, but I believe that's the right terminology. Yeah, that is the blessed hope, and it's something that I remember when I was in seminary before every big exam. Used to pray for that to come. You did that too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing that in engineering school. <laughs> so we check GPAs, gentlemen. <laughs> um, this uh, second coming of Christ indeed is a blessed hope, but it's also in a category where um, the hidden things belong to God, right. and so the timing of this is something we're really not to delve into any more than what the Scripture reveals to us. Yeah, Matthew 24 talks about, Matthew twenty four forty four. Therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. That's a powerful uh, yeah. verse right there. It yeah. kind of says it all, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that, the whole passage, I just read part of that. But yeah. it's all talking about the Son of Man coming, some descriptions of, of what it's going to be, like, but also emphasizing, you don't know. Yeah. And not only do we not know, but Jesus said the Son doesn't, doesn't know. Even know. Yeah. Only That's a the curious Father thing, knows. isn't it, yeah. within the Godhead, how right. that, uh, there's different functions within the Godhead and works itself out that way. Have there ever been people in uh, history, gentlemen, I'm looking here at two uh, fine historians, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, where they've set a date for the coming of Christ? Yeah, many, right. many times. Yeah, quite well, a few. Well, I knew that. I just had to ask. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you, you can you know, go back to the time of the Reformation, and you have uh, the two Jan, Jan of Leiden and, and Jan Mathies, who who uh, were very much in the apocalyptic uh, realm, and they knew Jesus was coming again, and they they actually took over a city, and eventually they were both killed, um, but uh, they uh, they set themselves up as leaders and rulers. And uh, that was kind of a sad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's something in common, and I know I know Hans wants to talk about the Millerites mm-hmm. and and that situation there. But uh, talk about that. But I think there's something in common with with all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, uh, William Miller um, again had had sort of intensively studied the the Bible, and uh, in in 1831 he 
revealed that uh, based on his analysis of Daniel uh, chapters 8 and 9, uh, he had calculated that on March 21st, 1843, uh, Christ was going to return. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then, after March 21st passed, he said, no, it's going to be October 22nd, 1844. (laughs) And indeed, um, thousands of his followers gathered in different communities, including Scully Square in Boston, wearing white robes. They, They tried to find the highest point of land they could in their communities so they would be ready to be raptured. Um, mm. And when that didn't happen, it became known as the Great Disappointment. They were disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can see a lot of these things were, you know, you set a date. And, of course, the Scripture does have numbers in it and everything. And mm-hmm. and people, there's always, I think, that that little bit of hubris and the human nature that says, I want to have the inside track that nobody else has. I'm glad you brought that up because I was sitting here thinking, you know what, there's a psychology that seems to develop in these groups where the people think, well, now I'm part of this inside track. I'm part of this special, yeah. special group. That's we it. have the information nobody else has because our leader, blah, 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 you know, yeah. has had mm-hmm. a vision from God or he's very smart and he's engineered a solution uh, determining when the Lord is going to return. And there's almost a kind of a, a pride that develops. It is. God loves us better than his other children. Yeah. Well, it's really a form of Gnosticism, right? That there's this secret <laughs> yeah, hidden wisdom right, yeah. that yeah. we have and others don't. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And then when it doesn't work out, of course, then you have to explain why it didn't. Uh, and so that's um, happened before, hasn't it? Yes. Well, yeah. for example, after the Great Disappointment, another one of the Millerites, Hiram Edson, said, "Well, I had a vision in which I saw Christ entering the heavenly temple to clean it out." So he said okay. William Miller wasn't wrong; he just had the location of the second coming so, uh, mistaken. So it always happens when these guys come up and they set the dates. Then, if the date and, and, it, and it never has happened yet. When it comes and goes, they try to save face and redefine the meaning of the date. Exactly. Right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting upset even talking about <laughs> it right now. <laughs> well, you know, and on one hand, it's understandable. I mean, I, I think probably every generation of Christians has thought that they were living in the end times. Yes. And, and in one sense, that's true. That's sure. And that's a good thing. I, I think, I think God intended that. You look at the scriptures here, and if you read, for example, Matthew 24, you see it was in the days of Noah, drinking and drunkenness. And I, and I look at our day and age, and do we see this? Boy, do we see this. And, yeah. and we better be ready. Luther looked at it his day and age, and he thought certainly Christ was coming Mm-hmm. in his lifetime because he saw the same things there. So we're to have this healthy view towards right. the second coming of Christ, right. always looking forward to his coming, and it has a purifying effect on us, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. But with that needs to come humility. Yeah. Uh, to say it's not our place to know or set the date. No. Uh, and that, uh, you know, it'll be like a thief in the night. Um, and well and we, the point is to be ready at any time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... You never know. It's kind of simple in some ways. You know, if somebody uh, has set a date, then it's certainly not going to be like a thief in the night. You know, in in Jesus' words, that you can't know. And uh, then somebody sets a date and says, well, we know it all. Um, It just doesn't fit, does it? No. But you can cross that date off the calendar once it's set, because it won't be that date. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think there's a lot of truth to that, too, because... uh, 
You know, God is all-powerful, and he has a glory. He doesn't share his glory with anyone because he alone is God. And uh, if uh, person XYZ could stand up and say, yep, I was the only guy on planet Earth, I predicted it perfectly, look at me, you know, um, probably the Lord won't return on that day because he will not share his glory with anyone. I see we're out of time already for this uh, segment of our program, gentlemen. We're going to take a short break. Today we're talking about the day after Christmas here today, uh, the second coming of Christ and um, the problem with date setters and uh, the scriptural notion that we are to be ready at all times, looking forward to that blessed hope. Stay with us now. We'll be right back. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. It's the day after Christmas. And uh, today's topic is looking at the second coming of Christ and how that we're to be ready at all times. Uh, in jest, uh, one of the comments made in our last segment was that um, both you, Mark, and I were guilty years ago in our younger years of actually praying for the return of the Lord prior to an examination uh, in college. And uh, Hans, you had some comments about that. Why don't you take it from here? Well, I, you know, it was, of course, said in jest, but <laughs> I do think there's a lot of truth in that, um, that Part of the motivation in trying to set a date or, or to, to figure out when the rapture is coming is a desire to avoid dealing with the messy realities here on earth. It's, oh, it's a, yeah. you know, whisk us away, Lord. A uh, giant, kind of like Calgon whisk us away, you know? Giant amen to that. <laughs> you know, th- this world is just plain messy. Yeah. Uh, there's problems Glore up to our eyeballs, I want to say. I'm waving my hands here in the studio. <laughs> and, and at times you just want to give up. You just throw up your hands and say, come Lord Jesus. And you know what? He doesn't come. And, of course, someday he's going to come in his perfect timing. But um, we have a job to do in this earth. Mm-hmm. And that's to uh, promulgate the gospel um, as much as possible to build Christian civilization Uh, to see the reign of Jesus Christ affect all aspects of life, whether it be Mm. law or medicine or education, and um, 
these are tough responsibilities, and we're not to just throw up our hands and say, I can't do anything. Why don't we just sit around and wait for the Lord to come? You know, I remember seeing a bumper sticker one time that said, uh, Jesus is coming, quick, look busy. Um, (laughs) You know, there's, we need to be doing more than just sitting around waiting for the bus to heaven. Um, We need to be active uh, doing, you know, as, as Paul says, uh, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do. Mm, that's ex- um, we need to be doing verse. those works. Uh, Matthew, uh, again, 24. Who then is faithful and wise servant, whom the master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is the servant whom his master will find doing so when he comes. Oh, yes. Truly I say to you, He will set him over all his possessions. But that wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed, and begins to beat his fellow servants, Mm -hmm. and eats and drinks with drunkards. Mm -hmm. The master of that servant will come at a day when he does not expect him, at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites in that place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. You mean God actually has judgment? Yes, absolute judgment, <laughs> yeah. and that's I, you know, I know it's not a joke, but uh, some yeah. people don't want to think of God as right. being a God of judgment. Yeah. And that's because he's holy. Yeah. He's also a God of grace, yeah. wonderful grace, marvelous right. grace, like the old hymn. But right. um, if sin is unconfessed, if people have not come to faith in Jesus Christ, you don't have a gracious future. Uh, you have one of judgment. And so there's a need to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Right. And that's why we need to be prepared. I yeah. mean, that's part of the preparation. And and one of the things I think, you know, you mentioned, Dan, there's a, well, we got talking in between about the Y2K and how similar many things were. And some of the great things that came out of Y2K. Yeah. You know, uh, I mentioned my wife allowing me to go out and get that generator I'd always <laughs> wanted to get, you know. <laughs> and you know, and I mentioned to you I loved it because I, I just love preparation. That's right. Being prepared to, for emergencies. and To be prepared. You know, and we've got a son who's our first responder. I guess I guess some of these things just grew out of that, that That's mindset. Right. You That's know, right. But, but prepared for what? Because there were segments of that that said, okay, we're going to go and we're gonna we're gonna get our generators. We're gonna get all together there, and we're gonna have all our food stored up. And boy, yeah. when it hits, yeah. we're gonna be there, sitting on the inside, laughing at those on the outside. Right. And I thought that's the wrong attitude. That is the wrong answer. Yeah, yeah. Wrong we attitude. we if we who know Jesus Christ, you know, we can say, if He comes today, I'm gonna see my Lord come. That's right. Well, what does that does that mean we hoard it? No, we no. need to to be spreading that that message. And it gets back to uh, the uh, notion of having inside information and mm. and and the pride that comes along with following a leader who thinks he or she knows the exact timing of the return of right. the Lord. No, these are these are yeah. hidden things. God keeps them from us, and. Um, you know, we, we are not to know these things lest we become prideful. That's right. I think there's a tendency, you know, when we look at uh, know Jesus Christ is coming again and we we realize that uh, he is coming, there has been a tendency to look and say, okay, what are the signs? Let's look at the signs. And yes. the focus is is on the signs instead of on the preparation. Yeah. 
And that's where we need to be focused, not on saying, okay, what's happening in the Middle East with Israel and and this thing and that thing, but to be focused on, hey, am I ready? Are yeah. my friends ready? That's if right. If Jesus were to come today, you know, is, is, is my community ready? And I don't think we're supposed to treat some of the passage you quoted from even uh, as a, a commentary on current events. That's right. Well, uh, there has never been a time in human history when there have not been wars and rumors of wars, right, when there has right. not been persecution. Right. Yeah. Um, but also, I think, you know, when we talk about interpreting prophecy, think back to Jesus' first coming. Even though that had been clearly foretold and prophesied in Scripture, there was nobody in Israel in the first century who who called that that yeah. this little baby born in the uh, stable in Bethlehem was going to be that Messiah? And That's even right. as he grew up and fulfilled all the Simeon scripture, they yeah. still could not see it. And yeah. you know, after his resurrection, he had to tell those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, walk him through the scripture, and say, "Look, here's what the prophecy said about me." Yeah. So. I think in the same way, if people kind of miss the boat on, on interpreting the prophecy correctly about Jesus coming the first time, well, that suggests maybe we might miss the boat the second coming, yeah, too. very yeah. likely indeed. And, and I think the reason for that is because it, they misunderstood what the problem was. In uh, Judea, at the time of Jesus' first coming, it was the Roman occupation. That's what bugged a lot of the people. Yes. Today we look at... What do we look at today? We we look at the bad economy. We look at yeah. we look at the threats of terrorism. We th- look right. at at these various things. That's not the problem. The problem yeah. is sin. Right. And Jesus came the first time to redeem us, to die yeah. for those sins, for those who trust in Him. The second time He's coming to judge that sin. You know, we uh, as a family we get involved in politics, and we usually stay away from that on the air, but. Um, you know, actively, and, and you know, we vote and, uh, mm. and, you know, follow the news and that sort of thing. But always, um, in the back of our minds and even in the forefront, is the admission readily that the only hope we have in it this is. world of ours is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ yeah. and the health of his church. Yeah. You know, so that um, I know a couple of sessions back on A Plain Answer, we dealt with uh, the minister of word and sacrament. What a blessed thing it is to just be able to go to church. Yeah, I know the churches aren't aren't perfect. Uh, yeah, I know the people are you know sometimes nasty to us, but it's still the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, as imperfect as it is. And that's where we belong on the Lord's Day, worshiping with right. God's people. And the only hope for this world is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here we are. It's the end of December. We have less than a week to go, and it'll be the new year. Uh, Wouldn't it be wonderful to pray to our God, to anticipate, beg Mm. him, uh, even in prayer and fasting, to have a marvelous revival here in this Mm -hmm. land of America, that this will become the launching platform for missions to other places in the world. We saw it way back just before the American Revolution, the First Great Awakening with Jonathan Edwards. Yeah. And, uh, boy, that's what we need yeah. again yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is, is another Great Awakening yeah. in this country. Well, we're going to just take a short break and listen to a little music. And when we come back, we'll have some wrap-up thoughts today concerning the second coming of Christ. Stay with us. Even so, Come 
And welcome back on this final segment of A Plain Answer today. We'll include some uh, remarks here about the second coming and what our attitude is supposed to be. And Hans, during the break, you had a couple of thoughts. I was wondering if you would share them now with our listeners. Well, I was thinking of Second uh, Peter uh, chapter 3, uh, where Peter writes that in the last days scoffers will come They will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of the creation. Yeah. But then Peter says, do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Yeah. Uh, and I think that goes back to the point Mark made be, uh, before the break, that um, we are to spend our time as we wait for Christ's second advent um, in repentance, in reaching out to others, seeking to bring others into the kingdom. Um, we are to be busy. It's not just sitting around and waiting, mm-hmm. but it's the time to be busy doing what God has called us to do as his people. That's right. Yeah. Mark, as we uh, conclude, you're a pastor, and uh, you present the gospel to many people. Um, Suppose there's a person listening today. Um, You know, it's a confusing milieu of ideas out there in this world of ours. Uh, People claiming things and uh, dates and all kinds of stuff. What is the simple gospel? What does a person uh, have to do in order to be saved? Yeah, what I would say to you is, is, is first off, understand where your position is. Jesus, or the Apostle Paul wrote, the wages of sin is death. Do you understand what that means? Mm. That means that as a sinner, you stand as God's enemy. Luther once said, love God, I hate God. Why? Because I'm sinful, he's holy, therefore I'm his enemy. Yeah. Now, how do you change that situation? Yeah. Well, God is the one who did it. 
by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross. Mm. And and when you trust Jesus Christ, you're transformed from that enemy of God who's going to be judged by him to his child. Mm. And it's by trusting Jesus Christ who died on the cross. Amen. Amen. So we're separated from God, and God is calling you today, my friend, to embrace the gospel, the good news, that Christ Jesus can be your Savior. Mm. And um, his righteousness, um, sometimes an accounting term is used, isn't it, Mark, where his Mm. righteousness uh, is put towards our account. Um, We don't have our own righteousness. You know, try as hard as we will to be really good people it's never good enough because God is holy so God is calling you today that's a wonderful point on which to end our discussion today and also end this year um, for this program a plain answer and we do look forward to uh, seeing you here same time um, next year Uh, next Saturday on this program. Uh, Today joining me in the studio has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. Hans Vogt, associate professor, Ulster County Community College. And uh, thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining me today. And to our listeners, may the Lord richly bless you today as you serve him and as we look forward to the new year. May God bless you. Amen. Amen.